On this episode of Resi Week, we talk consumer audio growth, warming your home with shades, and Access Network's new switches. All this and more on this episode of Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week, episode 212. Check your ego. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Blackwire Design, the go to distributor for the CI industry with an extensive product lineup backed by unmatched sales and system support. And by Just Add Power, the global leader in video over IP solutions with systems that give you easy installation, unmatched scalability, and outstanding performance. Welcome to Resi Week. This is your weekly roundup of all the latest news and stories for the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matt D. Scott for avnation.tv. And this week, I'm pleased to be joined by my good friend, Jamie Briesmeister. She is the CEO, otherwise known as Boss Lady at Integration Controls. How are you, ma'am? I'm doing very well. Thank you. You thought I was going to forget that, but it's in your show notes. <laughs> Boss Lady is there all the time, huh? <laughs> and you, good to see you. And we also have John Clancy. He is the VP of Residential at Crestron. How are you, sir? I'm great. Hey, Matt. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks to uh, both of you for joining us. Let's jump right in to a story that comes to us from CE Pro and Bob Archer. Research is suggesting that the demand for consumer audio product products is growing. Future Source, a uh, consumer tracker, uh, is stating that uh, audio products are continuing to grow as there is new interest in new generation hardware solutions. They do uh, or are quite bullish on headphones, but we're not going to deal with that too much. Jimmy, I kind of want to start with you on this one. They're stating in this, in this report that uh, the home audio market is continuing to grow. It's got year-on-year -year increase of essentially 21%. Now, the concerning part for us is that hi-fi products are down 9% but the category in general is up 21. When you look at this, when you, when you read this report, how do, how do home technology professionals go about trying to, trying to take advantage of those, dare I say, basics, th those basic sales, those you know, wireless speakers, those basic sound bars, all of those little products that can be great filler projects mm -hmm. for a, for an integration firm how do you how do you take advantage of these kind of numbers when you see 21% up right well i think advantage is in um thinking long term and building a, a client base over time um i often wonder how we can get someone to buy into a hi-fi system if they've never experienced pretty good somewhat easy to use relatively okay or mass marketed audio um, I can imagine myself if I were new and never knew anything about this industry, coming in to uh, speak to integrators, seeing the thing that I see all the time versus the thing they're trying to sell me, outside of experiencing the difference, and of course there's a price tag to that, um, I see that it kind of is a way to wet their palate, to warm them up to the future, to maybe baby step them into a bigger system or something a bit more high performing. So a suggestion I would say is to think longer term. Um, work on building the relationship. These kind of products, while they have a low margin, you can get in and get out and be done in a day. You don't have to tweak it. You don't have to stand around and listen to multiple 
uh, demo sets. It's something that can be done relatively quickly. So um, filler work is pretty important. And I say go for it, but think with a longer term strategy instead of um, all about the bottom line and, and focusing, the, unless you choose to focus your entire business model mm. on that. Very good. I like that. John, as, as you scroll through the article, they specifically call it Adobe Atmos. Now, in the inside the channel, we've been super excited about Atmos for a while. If you've ever sat through a, like a really good Atmos demo, it is phenomenal. But it's also, unless you have that demo, kind of hard to demo or experience. Is there value in HTPs specifically targeting like a technology as a sales tactic, as, as a marketing tactic to go and revisit all those existing customers that you've done 5.14 or 7.14 and say, hey, you need to upgrade to Dolby Atmos. Um, yeah, look, I think, and, and Jamie hit right on it. I think that A, gaining the confidence, right, is, is really the first first portion of, of, of that long-term uh, relationship, right? So especially if you're going back to upgrade existing customers, you have that relationship. Um, I think audio has kind of, at least the convenience of, of audio, especially with, with our phones and, 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 and streaming services and smart speakers have spoiled us uh, in a sense of, of building all off of uh, convenience and not necessarily quality, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so, so being able to demonstrate that firsthand and, and you know, provide an end user who may not even be able to understand what you're talking about when it comes to Dolby Atmos or, or, or anything like that, for instance, is, is, is key um, because what they don't know uh, is really is really there, you know, to, to try it really to really hurt them uh, long term. It's, it's 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 what they don't understand. It's the you know the convenience over quality. And when they hear quality for the first time, or they hear that Dolby Atmos demo for the first time, you know, it is it is eye opening. And I think that you know that whole principle of demonstrating that or finding a way to demonstrate that is is absolutely something to build off. Very good. All right, let's move on to our next story of the day. This comes to us from Residential Tech Today and Jeremy Glowacki. He is warming up his house with a certified window shade. Uh, as you read through the article, he, he kind of covers the, the start to finish of installing a, uh, a, a shade that he got on a demo from Hunter Douglas and, and, and how using one of their temperature guides, he was able to you know, measure that, that heat or, or cold temperature at the window, put on the shade, have a better idea of what that is doing from, a, from an insulation standpoint. John, I want to start with you on this. The, the window shades have been, window coverings, window fashions have been something that the industry has been on and, and very excited about for quite a few years now. Uh, Crestron jumped into the shading game, I don't know, what, five, six years ago? Um, almost Some, 10. Yeah. 10, gosh, 10. I was there when it debuted and obviously I've been in the business a little too long because now I can't remember, <laughs> but <laughs> firm 41. Um, when you look at, when you look at window fashions, when you look at shades, this is that perfect transitional product from a very technical product to a very fashion design oriented thing. When you're dealing with integrators that haven't jumped on board with this yet, how do you try to encourage them to go down the vein of window coverings? Oh, well, yeah, look, so it's a, the integrators are looking for more ways to make money all the time, right? Uh, margins are, are getting cut in, in almost every other category uh, or every category possible. Um, 
their labor prices are getting questioned by every end user um, because the cable company or someone else is willing to come in and quote unquote sell a smart home system for a, a small monthly fee. Um, so A, it's the new category option, another place to make money, but B, um, you know, when we can describe it about, you know, uh, the number of, of windows in a home far exceed the number of televisions or the number of rooms you're gonna have speakers in. And, and we start to use those numbers to guide them um, about, you know, the profitability of selling uh, motorized shades. Again, the, you know, people are putting these, these uh, or, or building these homes and, and they're gonna cover these windows with something, at least provide them an option or a solution that might make sense for them. Um, so whether you're just pre-wiring for motorized shades and selling a couple of them in some key areas, and then, you know, hoping on the upgrade sales later on after someone's been, you know, someone's experienced uh, with them, uh, I think that those are opportunities again that a lot of integrators who have not delved into the uh, the shade market uh, are beginning to realize another place to make money. Very good, Jamie. I, when I saw this story come up and I saw that you were on, this was like the perfect marriage for me. Hey. When you when you see this, when when you start talking about, you know, things like really design oriented products, right? You and I have talked about this a couple of times. Uh, you have to change the way that you market this and the way you sell this and the way you approach the client. How, a, how do you do that as, as somebody who deals with this on a regular basis, but also how do you kind of take some of those key points and use them in your day-to-day -day AV business? Because to, to me, this is the perfect way to continue to transition that sales process. Certainly. Um, well, I guess it's kind of a mindset of what company are you? Are you an AV company or are you an integration company? Um, and then to personally define that, I think is uh, very valuable. Um, my guess is that most are AV moving towards integration. I'm, I, I just think that I, I find a difference personally between someone who's mostly focused on the audiovisual side of the home versus an integrator, which to me looks more holistically at all systems, AV of which is included in that. Um, so how, how do you change for those who, are, who haven't adopted Shades as part of their uh, business model? How do you change? Um, get training and lean on people who know more than you. So um, one complication I've seen for integrators who adopt Shades or buy in uh, they may send somebody to training to install them, but they don't really send somebody to training to have the conversation of how to sell them mm -hmm. uh, or they feel uncomfortable in selecting fabrics. And for that reason, they um, keep it as the thing that they talk about at the very last or the very least because they're not as comfortable with it. So I would encourage you to um, become educated. Go to window covering certification classes that are outside of your manufacturer training. Uh, hire an interior designer to sell your product. Um, we did it and it was great. And she's no longer with us, unfortunately, but I'm looking for another one. Um, and, and be open to leaning on people who know more than you. Uh, find a really good fabricator um, because the, the person that's making the drapes can give you a lot of really good design advice as well and po possibly even really good leads. Uh, as far as how it changes your day-to-day, -day, um, again, I would say if you're AV leaning towards doing more, you have to really think more holistic. I love what you just said about there's more windows in a house than there are TVs. That's so true. Um, and chances are they're really big windows and they face the south uh, so they can get all that beautiful sunlight. 
but guess what's happening? Their house is hot, uh, the floors are getting bleached, and the furniture is as well. So once you understand that, that education side, uh, I think it's really important in, your, in the sales cycle when you're uncovering and you're talking with your client to mention the things that you know. Okay, I see on your plans that you have a lot of southern facing windows. Has anyone talked to you about sun damage or heat gain? And give that back to the client. I think it's a great way to open the door and just make it part of your daily conversation if you're thinking about the house as a whole system. Very good. I love it. All right, let's move on to our next story of the day. This comes to us from our residential systems, Access Networks, and our good friend Hegai Finer is releasing their ANX series of stackable switches. This is their own line of Access Networks branded switches available uh, to replace some of their uh, core systems, which were a, a ruckus product. John, I want to start with you. This is a a cool story, one, because if, if you followed Access Networks, their growth curve has been phenomenal within within the channel. It's been really fun to watch what Haggai and his, his whole team have done. But what's exciting to me about this is that not only are they, you know, essentially OEMing their own switches and, and, and products like that, so you now have a, a rack full of Access Network gear opposed to some Access Network and then a bunch of, uh, not random, but... Uh, different switches, but they're also handling the pre-configuration and the support side. As we've watched within the within the industry, networks become not only the backbone, but a very advanced backbone, especially when you start using, you know, stuff like MVX and, and, and some of the other incredibly network heavy products. How important is it to a have a partner like in this case, Access Networks, but to be able to outsource a lot of that support and that, that system configuration design so that you don't have to necessarily do this in-house? Well, look, I mean, uh, Hagai and, 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 and the rest of the Access Networks team have done a fantastic job kind of upping the game for the, uh, for the industry uh, for a long time now. Um, they've, they've, they've pushed that best in class. You know, you talked about those different models or different manufacturers' products they used to use. Again, their goal was to pick these best-in-class, enterprise-grade products, right, for the home, and then remove the, the, the complication for the dealers, right, by configuring them for them. And now they've, they've looks like they've consolidated on one series of products with their name on it, um, and then offering the service and support that goes along with it. And, and I think that that's, that's again, that, that is such a breath of fresh air for our space. Um, and then I think for, from the dealer's perspective, it's, 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 you know, it's what they really need to deliver in many cases, but don't necessarily have people on staff to do that. And I think what, what by outsourcing that to a company like Access, Access Networks here, uh, just it creates peace of mind for the dealer and then adds value for the end user. Um, so I, I applaud it. And I, I think that they've done a fantastic job to date. And this just continues to, to push them forward in that space. Very good. Yeah, just um, to lead off of that, you know, um, there have been a handful of projects that that have come to us, and the timing of, um, as you know, we may we have a very good networking person in our company, uh, teaches at CD Expo, et cetera, um, but there have been times when his bandwidth, pun intended, uh, is so small, or uh, his time is allocated elsewhere that it helps to lean on companies um, like Access Networks or whoever, whoever is offering that system. Uh, and it's helped us in the past. So I think it's great for you to kind of expand your reach, be able to attack a project sometimes um, by not necessarily having to do it in-house. 
um, but certainly a value to have a really good networking person still within your own company and not rely solely on that to be provided is my opinion because there'll need to be some conversation and discovery and then you actually have to plug it in implement it and uh, ultimately know what you're doing jimmy let me ask you this at, at what point and i understand you've you've got a a very good networking individual in the in the company but yeah. at what point do you have to i'm trying to parse this correctly but at what point do you have to go beyond essentially like a residential level networking individual on staff and yeah. make that jump to a true commercial? Because this this kind of, you know, access networks ruckus line of switches is something that I've seen in commercial products. Right. It's something we're using. Grade, right? Yeah, a- enterprise grade. Yeah. At what point do you make that, do you have to make that switch to really good residentially but somebody who can actually play in that commercial space. You know, we have a few, um, we have a few questions we ask ourselves when we're designing a system. Uh, one, uh, does this client have uh, a da- like very private data that they need to be careful about? Um, because some, some wealthy individuals are completely off the grid. You can't find anything about them. And some are very much in the public eye and you can Google all kinds of things about them. So that's one question that we ask. Is their data extremely sensitive? Um, And if the answer to that is yes, then enterprise all the way. Uh, If the answer to that's no, then let's look at the system. How complex is the system? Are we doing a lot of video over IP? Are we doing really long runs? What's happening here? And again, if it's at a level that we feel is just, you know, maxing out what residential products will do, it's a great time to lean on someone to give you that, that extra support. And then truly, it's nice whenever it comes, you know, landing in your door pre-configured and you plug it in and make a couple phone calls to make sure everything works well. Um, that way, you know that you're doing it right. Again, it's kind of hiring people who are smarter than you to do things that you may not be able to do and kind of checking your ego at the door a tiny bit and, and realizing that oh, this is actually a better solution overall. And guess what? You're still delivering it as your company. So mm-hmm. it's still you. Whether you had to, you know, bring on a hundred thousand dollar year networking specialist or hire it out on occasion, mm, I say hire it out on occasion. Very good, John. Let me let me come back to you for one second just before we leave this. I, I, I've talked with multiple members of, of the Crestron team over the years at, at different shows, and and you know, ever since you launched MVX, network has been a huge part of that conversation. At what point does a manufacturer have to come back to an integrator and kind of remind them that, you know, you're not up to snuff hmm. because, and, and I don't, I, I don't want to, you know, single anyone out. And, and I don't want to say that this happens just at Crestron. I know this happens at a, a, a variety of manufacturers where they sit there and go, yeah, we're, we're dealing with tech calls, tech support calls because Y'all don't know how to configure your networks properly. How do you guys, or, or, or how would you manage that? So it, it's funny you bring that up, right? I mean, uh, disproportionately, we get more calls from the residential side of our business than we do commercial, right? Uh, you don't say. <laughs> I won't tell you the, the, uh, the metrics behind that exactly, uh, but it, it is disproportionate and, and uh, generally has to do with things other than Crestron, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and more, more commonly has to do with things like the network, right? And so we, we have 
published documents about best practices. We have a security policy best practices. We have uh, example configurations for dozens of different manufacturers' Ethernet switches. Um, and, you know, getting that word across to the dealer is still the biggest challenge, right? Mm -hmm. uh, trying to get them to understand, A, where to begin, uh, where they should call and help. I think Jamie's point about, you know, checking your ego and, and sometimes bringing in someone, you know, someone smarter than you uh, in, in certain categories, especially regarding networking, is, is definitely key. Um, you know, the old days of buying the old Linksys, you know, uh, wireless router for, for, for $69 and plugging it in being, being okay, those are long gone, right? And, and, you know, when you look at the quantity of devices on the network in the typical home these days, and you look at what we're doing with the network, you know, control and, and video over IP, uh, along with multi-channel audio, right? These are significant um, bandwidth consuming uh, devices that require significant setup. So again, all the best practices in the world that we can try and prepare our dealers for uh, still don't always work, right? So it's about getting that message across, providing it education and letting them know it's okay. It's okay to hire a company like Access Networks, especially when you have some bigger projects uh, because you can offload some of those things and, and, and reduce the risk there. Are you saying that my WRT 54G is not sufficient? Is that what I'm hearing? Uh, I don't think it's NVX compliant. I would leave it that <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's wrap there. Thank you so much for joining us. Jamie, if people want to connect with you, learn more about integration controls, where can they do that? Absolutely. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at ControlSTL. Uh, and we're integrationcontrols.com. I'm also on LinkedIn, so feel free to look me up. Excellent. Thank you so much for being here. John, my friend, if people want to connect with you, learn more about Crustron and NVX, since we've talked about it a bunch, uh, where can they do that? Well, Crestron.com, you can learn all about our 4,000 plus products. And then you have uh, my emails, jclancy at Crestron.com. Excellent. Thank you both for being here. If you'd like to connect with me, you can find me at Matthew Scott on Twitter and pretty much every other social platform. But more importantly, please visit aviation.tv where you'll find this show as well as a wide variety of our other shows with all the verticals that we cover. When you visit the website, please take a moment to check out our supporters. We are extremely thankful for their support and ask that you check them out as well. Thanks again for watching. That's all the time we have for this episode of Resi Week.